Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. Oregon has had the same blue and gold state flag for nearly 100 years. The state's name, coat of arms, and year of statehood are on one side. The other side has a beaver. It's not just the only state flag with a beaver. It's the only one with two different sides. But for the editorial board of the Redmond Spokesman, that is a bug, not a feature. They wrote recently that for a variety of reasons, Oregon's flag is due for a makeover. Long time than now former State Senate President Peter Courtney says not so fast that the flag should remain the way it is. Peter Courtney joins us now along with Tim Trainer, the managing editor of the Redmond Spokesman. It's good to have both of you on the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Excellent. So, Tim Trainer, first, you led your article by noting that lawmakers have a lot of pressing issues on their plates from housing and homelessness to drug laws, things we talk about on this show all the time. So what's your argument for why they should devote at least some of their attention to the flag? Yeah, well, I think that's kind of how, you know, this came about, just thinking that we have all these heavy, exhausting issues, both on the state level and now, you know, a a presidential election that's probably going to be the same. So it felt like, uh, you know, kind of thinking about the flag, trying to redesign it, thinking what that could look like, Um, having everyone's thoughts come in on the matter would be something fun and interesting to debate about and have maybe less uh, significant, uh, you know, uh, you know, just not as high stakes as some of those other issues. Can you describe the current flag for people who maybe have forgotten what's on it, at least <laughs> what's on half of it? Because the beaver is pr- pretty easy to remember. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the state seal on a blue background, which is a very common uh, state flag. About 23 states have something similar. Um, Utah and Minnesota, which just went through this long process of changing their state flags, had something similar. It was just their you know, blue background and this complicated state seal. They decided to go through this long process of redesigning it, and it seemed like something Oregon could take on. And for people who forget what's on the seal, uh, uh, it's... Yeah. it's uh, it yeah, there's is, a lot going on there. It's busy, there, and that's yeah. Mountains, um, a, an elk, a wagon, the Pacific Ocean, with a British warship leaving and an American steamship arriving. Uh, there's a bushel of wheat, a pickaxe, a plow, and an eagle. It also says "State of Oregon" um, in big letters, and 1859, the year of state beneath that. And then there are some stars. Um, I think I may have forgotten some. There's there's a lot well, going it on. It says there. the Union, which is a uh, you know no longer Oregon's state motto. That's a outdated state motto. So that's yeah. Okay, so that's that's a current flag. Peter Courtney, um, we called you up because. I remember this pretty well. We were broadcasting from the Capitol on the first day of the 2011 session, and you gave a speech, a kind of welcoming speech to to your fellow state senators um, about the flags that were on all of their desks. Do you mind telling us the story of of why you made flags for them and uh, and how you got them? Because the uh, flags that were on the desk, the small flags, as well as the small flags wherever you found them, were not Oregon's flag. They were a phony flag. They were one-sided. They did not include the beaver. And I went nuts. So I took money out of my own account and went looking to have that corrected. And I couldn't get anybody in the private sector to do it. 
They went to Prison Industries and they jumped on it and literally printed it out, redid the flags so that there is the beaver on the other side, so that every member of the legislature, as well at that time, the legislature had an accurate small flag on their on their desk, as well as the little American flags, as well as the base of the flags depended on the. The state senate has black walnut everywhere. That's their wood. And leftover pieces of black walnut were used for that. White oak is the wood that is used in the house. And they took old pieces of that to do that. And I was very grateful. So that's the story behind it. And I'm holding one of those little flags in my hand. It became so much a talking piece that the bookstore down there, not bookstore, but the shop down store in the Capitol asked permission to be able to sell them accurately. And I said, yes, go ahead and do it. So that is a story I think you are, you're looking for. Why did it matter to you that the the flag um, was not the correct flag? I have been in Oregon 50 years, having come out from West by God, Virginia and Rhode Island. And one of the things I coined in a speech it just came out of me without knowing it, is that Oregon likes to be first or only. It's not a state that likes to be a copycat. It's not a state that likes to be a follower. And sure enough, I found that very attractive about Oregon, my Oregon. And so I, I love the flag. When I realized it was the only state in the union that had a two-sided flag uh, and that we don't know this. I think I can say this. Paraguay may be the only country that has a two-sided flag. I found that very exciting, very unique, and very special. And what makes Oregon great, although if you read this editorial, they want to make Oregon basically a copycat state, as well as a state that's a follower. <laughs> uh, once, I said, once I said to one of the lobbyists, the tragedy of Oregon today is it's becoming just another state. And this is not something that's Oregon. I mean, it's not. And that is in this flag as well. And so, you know, uh, uh, you just heard from a man whose life has been dedicated to trying to help in public safety. Corrections, another area I'm fascinated by. And you, if you listen to him and everything he had to say, did a brilliant job. And anyway, he talked about how they're struggling every day to try to make a perfect uh, system so that people don't be offended again, et cetera. Well, you got elections coming up. Uh, we States have been forced to do immigration because the federal government's dragging their anchor. Uh, mental health. Mental health is beyond big in our society. We've yet to make it. We've got all these things, and even the editorial speaks to that. And there's nothing wrong with this flag. There's nothing wrong with the Oregon flag. Nothing. All right, Tim Train, let me, let, take let, let me go back to you. So because because you say that there there is something wrong with it, starting with the, the two sidedness. I mean, how do you respond to Peter Courtney's point that that there is something wonderful about the uniqueness, certainly among states and and almost among countries, to having two sides in our flag? Yeah, I sort of agree with that. I mean, I think that it's unique and interesting. And I think that, you know, if if, if the redesign wanted to include two sides, um, I think that's a wonderful idea. 
Um, I think, you know, the beaver could be much bigger. There could be lots of different changes uh, that could be made and you could even keep the two sided nature of it. Um, obviously, flags are meant to be a, a symbol that's simple and easy to understand and easy to see from far away. So there's some, you know, just, um, you know, sort of non artistic downsides to a two sided flag. But eh, if that's what Oregon wants, that sounds great to me. Uh, we did ask folks on Facebook um, uh, whether they think it's time to to change the state flag. Bart Mitchell said, I love our flag. Nice, clean design. Especially love that we're the only two-sided flag. Kim Stack-Reed wrote, perfect as is. Gordon Carpin wrote, oh, it's a fine design for a terrific state. Let's keep it for the duration. Heather Mitchell Borgaro said, I'm no artist, but I think our current flag is kind of lame. I don't know what would be better. Uh, we did ask listeners what they want to see in a new flag. We got a couple different voicemails. Here's a short one from uh, Pam, who called in. Hey, this is Pam from Oregon. I'd love to see Old Girl Forest on the state flag. And here's another voicemail. If we were to redesign the state flag, it would be so nice if it were less complicated, the same on both sides without a seal that is so hard to see when you're not very close to it, or the writing, which isn't really necessary, you shouldn't have to read the flag that says State of Oregon to know whose flag it is. You should look at it and say, oh, that's the flag of State of Oregon. So I really like the ones from the um, Oregonian contest that they did in uh, 2008. There's one, the one that won um, which is lovely. It has a beaver. It's got a star. It's got the blue and the gold. It's really pretty. Uh, it's not complicated. It's easy to see from far away, um, and it's very distinctive. It's worth noting that if you Google Oregonian 2008 flag contest, you can see all 10 finalists from, what, 16 years ago now. Tim, you did note that in the lead up to the 150th anniversary of Oregon's statehood back in 2008, there was an effort to revamp the flag. Nothing came from that. What's your vision for how this time could be different, for how a public process could be inclusive and efficient and effective could actually lead to um, a, a better flag than what than what you think we have right now. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like a long shot a little bit, but it seems like Oregon could uh, benefit from sort of, uh, you know, sort of reconnecting with with voters and, and Oregonians from all corners of the state to think about something that's fun and interesting and helps uh, sort of brand and define their state. Um, I think it's something that residents could get behind, voters could get behind, and it could sort of, I don't know, um, create a sort of healthier debate than than we're getting in some you know political races around the state. So I could see people joining into the fun of voting and and debating, you know, what should be on there and how it should look and what colors it should be. I could see it as being something that that brings people together to, you know, to try to figure out what's what's the best uh, best design and and voting, you know, if they the final design if if they like it or not. Hmm. Let's have a listen to another voicemail. This is Bob from Portland. An image that covers the entire state would be a salmon. Um, that image connects our coastal communities, our big rivers, our small rivers, and unites the concerns of an entire region. Peter Courtney, I'm wondering if 
But what you think of this? Is it possible that a, a redesign conversation could lead to a kind of civic engagement? And what Tim Trainers has been getting to here, a kind of civic engagement that that you value conversations about where Oregon is now, what what we should be in the future, where we've been in the past. I think the flag as it's now designed would be a flag. If you think of this, if you were teaching history classes civic classes like in high school or wherever and you said your only reference will be the flag take the flag and show how it relates to all parts of Oregon as well as its history it would be magnificent because you can do it you look at the flag and what's on it you can do it but there's one other thing here that really dry, I can't believe Redmond's a great place but it's part of reward one of the big fights that's going on in this state and it breaks my heart is rural versus urban. It's a huge divide. The one thing that doesn't cater to that and push that is the Oregon flag if you look at it. And if you go to try to change this flag, I can tell you, you're going to get into that fight, which doesn't help the state one bit. We need to be brought together. And this flag by herself, stand alone, does that if you're honest about it. So I don't know why we're even talking about this. So many arguments made by those that want to do it are already under already being done. And I I don't know whether it's because the individual writing this knows there's a lot more out of staters that have come into the state that just say, well, the flag should be three colors. If you look at all, all of these other states, they are like one color. One uh, you know, our country's one color. Or they got a, a, a something that looks like it's wrapped up. It's got ribbon and it's blue. I'm going, what is that? A flag? is part of who you are and what you are. Not supposed to be just pretty. The navy blue and gold is magnificent. It's regal. I could go on and on here, but you haven't given us the time, and I understand that. And you haven't given us the time because you know the corrections issue is more important than having this discussion about a symbol that is unique, a symbol that is special, a symbol that's like none other in the world. Why do you want to mess with that if there's nothing wrong with it. Tim Trainer, I'll, I'll give you the last minute here. Uh, no, Pete, Peter makes a good point. I mean, it's important to people. And, you know, I think debating the flag makes you realize that it's, a, it's an important thing and pe- makes people feel a lot of different ways. And um, if there's a way to think about a flag that gets everyone as excited as Peter is about it, I think that's worth thinking about. Tim Trainer and Peter Courtney, thanks very much. Thank you. Tim Trainer is a managing editor of the Redmond Spokesman. Peter Courtney, former president of the Oregon State Senate. If you're just tuning in, we are talking, we are still talking about the Oregon State flag. Let's listen to another voicemail. This is Linda from Tualatin. When I look at the Oregon State flag, it has all these symbols of settlement and displacement. And those include the ships, the uh, exploration that happened, um, the Conestoga wagon, the plow, and uh, then the eagle. On the reverse is the beaver, and that's a very recognizable image for the state as our state animal. Um, There are a few natural other images in the flag. There's a tree, there's an elk, there's the ocean, and I'm hoping that we can go through something that creates a good image for the state that is recognizable but doesn't have all the trappings of colonialism and um, settlement and displacement. 
For more on this issue, I'm joined now by Ted Kay. He is a member of the Portland Flag Association and the secretary of the North American Vexillological Association. Vexillology, for those of you like me who have just learned this word, is a study of flags. Ted Kay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on. How does what you just heard from our previous guests mirror, if it does, other conversations you've heard over the years about city flags or state flags? It's this... It is a debate that is perennial. People love their flag because they love the place the flag represents. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the flag design is an effective design. And Peter Courtney's love of the flag stems from his love of Oregon, and it's perfectly understandable. The arguments for and against flag change in Oregon have been expressed across the country in many states. Well, but, or uh, not Oregon, but Utah and Minnesota went past debates and they actually changed their flags recently. Why? There are two major reasons that states recently have considered changing their flags. The first is negative and the second is positive. The negative reason is to remove some kind of symbolism that people find offensive. And the positive reason is to improve the design of the flag so it's a better image, a better brand for the state. In Georgia and Mississippi, the Confederate flag got taken off. In Minnesota and in Massachusetts, which is also looking at it, there's the removal of potentially offensive symbolism relating to Native Americans. In Utah, the symbolism wasn't offensive. The symbolism simply was ineffective. Utah looked at the other three four-corner states and saw that Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona had great designs, and Utah had a seal on a blue background that was indistinguishable from about half of the other U.S. states. So Utah took the bull by the horns and went through a very long public process to come up with a new design for the state flag, and that goes into effect in March of this year. I did see a a curious detail there, though, that they're not completely retiring their old flag. It can still be flown sometimes, like for ceremonial purposes or during legislative sessions, as long as the new state flag is above it. What do you make of that decision? I like to say that flag design and adoption is 10% design and 90% politics and public relations. And in any change like this, there are many people who cling to the prior design because they're familiar with it, they're used to it, it's their own design that they've been uh, aware of and seeing, and getting the flag adoption over the finish line in Utah required some political compromises that allowed for the continued use of the old flag. Let's listen to another voicemail. This is Anais from Portland. I had a class trip to Salem in grade school and remember being highly disappointed in our state flag because it doesn't visually read well from a distance. Um, So I couldn't see all of the interesting things such as the ships in the background um, on the one side, but I really loved that it was two-sided. So whatever ends up being on both sides, I do think that the beaver needs to be kept. Um, It is small, so if that was bigger, that would be great, as well as the land underneath it not reading as well, so possibly redesigned um, and other bits and pieces added. There isn't anything speaking to rivers on the flag um, currently or salmon, 
um, and those are both very important to Oregon. But regardless of what's put on it, I think that it would be great to have a local artist design it, um, somebody who has deep roots in this area. Ted Kay, what are the hallmarks of a well-designed flag and a poorly designed one? I compiled a flag design guidebook 20 years ago called Good Flag, Bad Flag, and it sets out the five basic principles of flag design. And I hasten to say that we don't really like to say bad flag, even though that's the title of the book. It's really ineffective design. And the five basic principles are simplicity, meaningful symbolism, two to three basic colors, no lettering or seals, and distinctiveness. And those all come back to the fundamental purposes of a flag, which is signaling at a distance. One needs to be able to see that flag flapping 100 feet away and be able to make out what is on the flag. And then once it's explained, remember that 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 symbol represents the place that it represents. Oregon's flag fails on at least three and maybe four of your criteria. Oregon's flag is what we like to deride as a seal on a bedsheet, an (laughs) SOB flag. Half half of it. uh, Half of it. Now, uh, talking about the two-sided flag, in some ways, hey, how whimsical and magical that we have the last U.S. state flag that's two-sided. We weren't the only one, but other states have changed. We're the last ones with a two-sided flag. And in some ways, you look at that and say, cool, we're different. Right. I mean, that, time, that's, that's Peter Courtney's argument. Don't at the, don't be, become like everybody else. That At the same time, it makes the flag more expensive than any other state flag. If you look in a flag catalog, there's usually four levels of state flag prices. There's the A price, which is lower, the B when it's more complex, and C when it's very complex. And then the fourth level is Oregon. I mean, it's ABC. <laughs> it's, it's its own category. But why does yeah. that? Why does that matter? I mean, it's. I mean, is is the idea that if it were a lot cheaper, more people would fly it, and then we would be a more cohesive state with more state pride? I mean, if it's just state agencies you, flying it, does it matter that it's a little bit more expensive? I think you've touched on a very important point. Uh, first, I'd say that it's more expensive because it has to be triple thickness. It also doesn't fly very well because it's heavy compared to other flags. But you made a very important point, and that is the flag does not belong to the government of the state. The flag belongs to the people. The seal belongs to the government, but the flag of a state belongs to everyone there. And the great state flags, the well-designed state flags, Texas, New Mexico, and so on, are flown widely by people all over the state to represent their state. Here in Oregon, very few people will fly the flag of the government of the state compared to those other states where the flags are better designed. And it's so, but that, that, there's a fascinating thing there that I think you're saying, which is not that um, Texas seems like such a specific case. <laughs> I almost have to set them aside. So let's say New Mexico. Your argument is it's not that people in New Mexico love their state more, but that because their flag is better, they are more likely to fly it? Yes. Although hmm. the, the podcaster Roman Mars makes the case that there may be a circular loop there that by having a 
better design for a city or a state flag, people love the city or state more. I think that's a stretch. I think that we are tribal animals and flags are the ultimate icon of our tribal tribalism. And whatever flag represents our state, we're going to want to connect to that flag. It's just when it's a poor design, when you can't make it out at a distance, it fails in its fundamental purpose. Uh, we like to say that when a state or a city flag is widely adopted by the people it represents, we start to see it show up as a tattoo. Literally. And literally, you see tattoos of great city flags and really well-designed state flags. There aren't going to be lots of people putting the tattoo of uh, really the symbol of the government of the state of Oregon on their skin. Because it's a seal and not a standalone image that somehow transcends the government. I, I would make that case. Huh. Also, it's just very complex. It's expensive to make if you if you want to sew it. Uh, and if you, you know, tattooing that doesn't make sense. Tattoos are the, the wrong example. Just overall use of the flag. If you think of the flag of Maryland, for example, you see it everywhere and it has remixable design components that get used all over the state. A little bit Oregon dizzying, state but flag. also sort of fascinating. It, yes, yes. Maryland's flag is unusual because it's a heraldic banner. It's the arms of, of Calvert, Lord Baltimore, and it's sort of a throwback to, to European heraldry, but it's very effective as a distinctive state flag. But we like to have a test that if a flag is simple enough, it should be able to be drawn by memory by a child. And that's not just to enfranchise children, that's really to test whether the flag is simple enough to be seen at a distance and be recognizable to, to show what it represents. I don't think there is a kid or adult in Oregon right now who could draw our state seal. Uh, Ted Kay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ted Kay is a member of the Portland Flag Association and the Secretary of the North American Vexillological Association. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC this week. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great weekend. Think Out Loud is supported by Stephen Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust. Michael, Kristen, Andrew Kern, and Anna Sanford 